it's the final season. Saturday, everybody, and welcome to the cutest Mad Men podcast on all of cyberspace, Made Man, where today I just finished watching episode one of the final season of Mad Men, Time Zones, Time Zones. Yes, I mentioned earlier in the week that uh, the final season of Made Man was going to be coming to you on Friday, and it is now Saturday. I failed you, and I was about to start watching it last night, and then I realized, whoa, I'm extremely tired, and I'm not going to stay up, and I didn't. So I postponed it until this evening, but if you're listening in the future, that really doesn't matter, does it? How is the future? Sounds awesome. So, we did it. We've made it through six seasons of Mad Men, and here we are for the final countdown, the final episodes of Mad Men. But before we get started, as per usual, let's hear from today's sponsor. Oh, what a lovely sponsor we just heard, huh? Wonderful. So, Mad Men, Time Zones. Time Zones, obviously, in reference to uh, the bicoastal life of Mr. Donald Draper, who seems to be uh, living on the East Coast in his apartment, but also trying to live a little bit on the West Coast. The left coast is the, the hip way of saying it, to visit his, uh, his wife, Megan, and oh, now my dog is waking up. So at any moment, I could uh, I could stop recording. But we're gonna get we're gonna go through as much as we possibly can before she starts barking, because she might bark at a snowplow going by. Because it's snowing right now up here in Massachusetts. Uh, so the episode doesn't actually open with Don, or does it? It opens with Freddie Rumson. We haven't seen Freddie in quite some time. Uh, he's one of the uh, Murray brothers. I forget. I forget his first name, but he's he's a Murray. He's you know Bill Murray's brother, uh, and we haven't seen him in one time in some time. But here he is pitching what sounds like a really smooth, suave, wonderful idea for a timepiece. He's pitching it to a Peggy Olsen, and I'm thinking, oh, is Peggy in Don's office? Peggy took Don, Don's job. This is this is cool. This is cool. And Peggy is shocked by this pitch, and Freddie's like. Oh, he jokingly is insulted. He's like, oh, I can't believe you. Why wouldn't I be able to think of something that's cool? Um, Peggy thinks it's a great idea uh, and even like adds to it a little bit. It's about Accutron watches. Uh, it's not just a timepiece. It's a conversation piece. Um, but it, it, Peggy was like, Accutron watches. Time to have a conversation. Uh, um, Freddie likes his more. But Peggy was still very happy with it. And she's like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it in. I'll, I'll bring it in uh, to whatever, to the, to the account person because he, she is not taking over Don's, op, Don's job. Um, and in fact, she, her, 
well, why don't we just go through her their whole thing altogether? Can we? Um, so she is part of the creative team still. There is um, Stan still there, and um, what's his name? Uh, Michael Ginsburg is still there. There is another fellow that I recognize still being there, and then there's a new fellow who I thought for a second was Harry. He has the Harry glasses. He has the Harry hair. But he's not Harry, and I don't know his name yet. But they're all there in the in in what used to be Donald Draper's office. Um, but no, it is Lou, Lou something. Now I remember seeing this guy at the end of last season. He was getting off the elevator when Don was um, kicked out or sent on uh, sabbatical, sent on leave. Remember, Don was like, "Oh, you're here early," and uh, this guy has taken over. Don's office and he does things a little differently he's he listens but he he says a couple I think he's a little racist to Don the secretary he says things like um what is this Gladys Knight the pips and then he says um oh oh thank you nurse he calls her nurse and then um he's very like he he's not he's a little more dismissive of things so be, um Betty um Peggy gives him some ideas for Accutron, but basically she just gives him a couple ideas, meaning one she doesn't like and one she does like. But he likes the one of, he kind of pick goes with the one that she doesn't like and that seems to bother her uh, through most of this episode. We see her, like she, she doesn't give up on it. She actually, um, she keeps pushing it, she keeps pushing it. Um, there's a lot of stress for her in this episode The work one, first of all And then our, our buddy Ted Shows up Mr. Ted shows up again And he's out on the left coast He's out there He's he's um, dealing with He's working with Pete I forget why Pete is also out there But they're both out there And uh, he's back for work And we do see Pete Pete seems to be like a changed man um, But you know, Ted is back. He's all excited. He's seeing a secretary. Peggy uh, is about to sit in on a meeting and um, she sees Ted and all, she just has this look of disgust on her face. And she um, closes the like the um, the curtain like she doesn't want anything to do with him. Um, later on, she comes into the office early and she is. Uh, she sees Ted in the kitchen. She's calling for Stan. Does he want coffee? Does he want coffee? Once she sees him, she doesn't even want to talk to him. She's like, oh, you, you, she, he, Stan comes in and makes a joke that um, Harry Hamlin also made. Cutler. His name is Cutler. I looked it up. Jim Cutler, I want to say. Maybe I'll just call him Cutler. I, I'm tired of just calling him Harry Hamlin. He is now Cutler. So he Cutler earliest, you know, said, I thought you'd have more of a tan. What are you doing here? You, you stay out here longer. I want you to stay out here longer. He has to head back. Um, Peggy's like, what are you even doing here? Or why even here? And Stan makes a joke. Oh, you're, uh, I thought you'd have more of a tan. She's like, well, you're in an office there. You're in an office here. What's the difference? And he's like, I really should take my work and go. He just basically avoids her altogether. He's trying to be nice, trying to play nice, but you can see that seeing him has weighed on her. There's a lot of Peggy action in this episode. And she's not a major, she's not like, the major storyline of this episode, but she has some major moments. Um, so I don't know. Is she the owner of an apartment building now or the super or something? Because 
She's in, I think it's a new apartment or a new building. She's there, and there's a knock on the door, and there's a, a, a small uh, Hispanic lad who is like, the toilet's backed up again. Um, and she's like, well, I told you about that not to flush those things down the toilet. She's going to know what I mean. I'm assuming, you know, tampons or something like that. Uh, and he's like, I don't know. And he goes, fix it. She told me to yell at you because you don't talk to her. You don't. Uh, she's like, I don't understand what she says. And she gives her a, her a plunger and says, um, you know, here, you know, fix it. Here's your Christmas gift. Here's a gift. Take the plunger. Um, later on in the episode, she um, is dealing with uh, the the whole thing with the watches. She's bringing it into the meeting and, you know, that, oh, no, no. She is going after that guy, Lou, and saying, I really think we should stick with this. I really think she would. She we should stick with this. And um, he is kind of not budging. He doesn't seem to care what she thinks. He's like, don't worry. Just like, don't. Why did you bring me an idea you didn't like just for the if you wanted this idea? She's like, you told me to bring two ideas. And it seemed like he was dismissive of her. And that is not that doesn't that didn't seem to weigh well with her. To me, I thought she was going to have more power, more of a stake in the office. And it doesn't seem like that is the case. Uh, later on, she, you know, um, Stan runs into her office at one point and says, what are you, uh, what are you doing, you know, getting the art guy to do two treatments? We already decided on one. And she's like, I think that if he sees them both, he'll choose the other one. I think him seeing it will make him choose. And Stan's like, why are you even bothering doing this? And she's like, oh, you know, you can deal with your mediocrity and you can just, you don't, you have no problem with putting up with shit, but I don't do that like she is really into she she cares she cares about the message she cares about doing giving the best one she's fighting for it and stan's almost like who cares why do you care that much about fighting for this and i get it i, I understand like there are things when when you have uh something at work that you want to do and you know yours is the best one um, or your idea you really believe is the better idea, you push for it, or you, or you push for um, a project, or you just push to do something a certain way. Um, and I, I, I get that, I, I, and, and I see that. Um, but I also see the, look, if everyone else is happy, just do it, and you know, live to fight another day. Um, she, while she's doing, while she's at work, she gets a, uh, I'm not, I'm doing pretty good just from memory. I'm not looking at anything on the screen right now. This is like the old, the old fashioned way of just going from character to character. Classic made man, huh? Classic. She, so while she's going, while she's in the office, her secretary, um, there's a new person that I've never seen before. She's new to the, in the, to the office. She, uh, says, you know, that someone from your, from, from your building, that woman from your building called, says the toilet's still broken. She's going to call the alderman. And, and um, uh, Peggy's like, can you just call my sister to call her husband to have your husband uh, come over and fix it? She's like, I can just call him directly. She's like, no, no, only call my sister. Only she can talk to him or something like that. She uh, can deal with him. So later on in the episode, she comes uh, home and finds that the uh, her brother-in-law has fell asleep. And... He's like, oh, I'm sorry. We're waiting for a part. He goes, I got to sleep. I'm sorry. I got to get home. And she says, um, you can stay. You know, you don't have to. Uh, I feel bad. You have to go all the way back to Brooklyn. 
he's like, no, no, I, I don't like leaving. I don't like leaving them alone. He doesn't want to leave his wife and his family alone. Uh, so he's like, good night, Peggy. She's like, okay, good night. Um, and it's not like I wasn't thinking anything nefarious. I wasn't thinking anything like she's, anything's going to happen between uh, this guy and her. But it really was Peggy didn't want to be left alone. I think just in the weight of work and the weight of the this whatever this house thing arrangement is, she just broke down and fell down in tears. And that's how it ended for her in tears in uh, sitting in her room, sitting in her living room. Um, you know, this guy goes off to be with her family. She's got nobody. She's had a, a, a crappy day at work and the crappy day at the at, at whatever is going on with this building. And it just got the better of her. And she did not want to be sitting alone at home. And now she is. And I think that got to her. Um, and I think that's the end of uh, Peggy Olson's story. So why don't we rewind and talk about Roger? Roger gets because it's a, we're seeing little things, little snippets of our of our um, folks, and Roger has not much to do, but um, he seems to be doing a lot and doing it with a lot of people, because we Roger gets a phone call and some woman, some naked woman answers it, hands it to a naked man, a naked Roger Sterling, naked Roger Sterling, naked Roger Sterling, naked naked Roger Sterling. I don't know why that just makes me want to sing the Amadeus. Theme, uh, song so um, naked Roger Sterling answers the phone and who is it but his daughter last time we saw his daughter she's like she didn't want him having anything to do with her grandson she was tired of him she didn't basically because he didn't Roger didn't automatically give her money that she needed uh, but she says I want to meet with you I want to have brunch with you we should have brunch 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 uh, and he's like oh okay and um, he thinks he's you know what the hell's does she want she ends up going to he ends up going to brunch um and i don't think we see roger in the office at all he goes to brunch and she very like not sarcastically very sincerely says to her yes says to him i forgive you he's like for what she said i forgive you for every he goes oh he goes well i forgive you too she goes no i forgive you he goes and i forgive you and you can see it was starting to get on his nerves. She forgives him for everything, for abandoning mother and for not being there for him and her and for all the transgressions. And he's like, you want me to apologize for that? And for whatever it is you're doing now, uh, because it seems like Roger is living in an orgy world. I don't know if he's in a hotel room. He seems to be with a young girl who's a free spirit. And um, him and his daughter have this um, this lunch, this brunch, and he's drinking a Bloody Mary but that's really it there was she she's like you didn't give me money you make me ask you for money is what she said uh and i just wanted to say i forgive you he's like are you going to a church and she says nothing you would understand so she's into some new wave stuff i guess we'll see if something comes out of that um but she forgives roger how, how nice of her and i don't know if roger drank all this at the um at the brunch if he just had a lot of Bloody Marys or maybe after dealing with his daughter, he went off and tied one off at a bar because then he came back to wherever he is. I don't know if it's his apartment. I don't know if it's a hotel room, but he's, you know, can barely walk. He's drunk as a skunk. And the girl is there in the, in the bed. And he's like, she's like, where have you been? And he almost said that, you know, that's not what this is. Like, you don't ask, you can't ask where I am or anything like that. That takes the fun out of it. He didn't say it takes the fun out of it, but it seemed like they have some real, 
you know, loose kind of free sort of relationship. So much so that the woman's like, if you were with someone, that's okay. And she's got another guy in the bed right there. Another dude in his bed. And he's like, is he wearing my vest? And he just, he didn't care enough. He didn't care to kick him out. He, all he did was want to go to bed. And he just climbed to bed and just kind of sat there as he was falling asleep. Um, but Roger seems to have, I don't know if it's what's going on, but he is living it up. Is he still doing like acid? Is he, is he experimenting more on drugs or is he just sexing it with everyone he can, um, and not caring who else is there? He seems to be a little bit out of control and, uh, that's saying a lot for Roger Sterling, but that is really it for Roger's story. So why don't we talk about Joan? Joan um, is working. Well, Joan ends up going up to an office and hearing, hears yelling coming out of the office. And who comes out of the office but Cyclops himself, one-eyed Ken Cosgrove, who still's got the eye patch. And I guess his eye is permanently damaged. I, I was going to say damaged because it sounded fancier, but it's not a word. Or it is a well, it's not how you say it. Uh, and he is he is pulled thin. He is pulled at the seams. He needs help. And he's like, you know, she says, you got to be meeting with Bartlett shoes. And he's like, I got to deal with Bob in Detroit. If you remember, Bob took over for Detroit. Ken out. I mean, uh, Pete out in LA and, you know, dealing with all that. And I, I don't have time for this. I, I barely have time to move every, you know, he's either flying someplace or dealing with this or that or this or this or that. And he's like, here, She's like, you have a dinner with him. He goes, oh, can you basically say, uh, I can't make it. You go and tell him that I'm too busy. You know, even though he think he just couldn't go or he didn't want to go. I forget what it was, but she was like made up an excuse that he's too busy and that she would go. And she's like, well, I thank you for this, um, this, you know, responsibility. She goes to the meeting. And the thing is, is it's a young guy. Now, when I say it's a young guy, like I recognize the actor. I've seen him in shows and the shows I've seen him in. He's always the son. Like, I think he's, he was in Cougar town. I never watched that show, but he was on this other show that was on the CW a million years ago where his family brought in an exchange student, which I thought was great, but it only lasted like 10 episodes. Then he was on, I think he was on a show one season of a show called Greek, which was an ABC family, like college show, which I watched every episode of. Um, I think he was on that. And now he's here and he is supposed to be a young uh, executive for the shoe company. But it's tough seeing him with Mrs. Harris, with Joan, because she seems like an adult woman. And he still seems like a young boy, a college boy. But he seems like a young, too young. And it's because of my prior knowledge of him, knowing I think if I never saw him before, maybe I just thought he looked youthful. But knowing him that I knew him as a kid actor. Uh, it's just weird. And this is still a couple of years ago, so he's even older now, but it's just funny to see. Um, but here's the thing. He's like, oh, I thought I was expecting Ken here. She's like, well, no, but I'm here. He goes, well, I should probably reschedule. She goes, well, why don't you have a, a seat? And uh, just for a few minutes, he's like, I feel like this conversation should be said to Ken. Uh, and basically the conversation is, uh, I've been hired to uh, look at our ads and I'm here to basically tell you that we're going to be moving all our ad in house. And she's like, Oh, this does seem like a larger conversation. Let's order a drink. And he's like, I'll have a Coke. She's like, I'll have a Coke too. Uh, that's all they, 
that's all he um, he wanted. It made me think he was younger. He's like, you know, I'm I have an MBA. I'm I've been I've been forced or taught to do the four P's, which is price placement and two other P's, I think. Uh, and and he thinks that money wise, you know, uh, everything should stay in house. And she's like, look, I'm. He goes, I'm already going to make my uh, recommendation to the bosses. Um, and, uh, you know, I just came here to let you know, she goes, give me two days before you make the recommendation. And he's like, well, she goes, or whatever, t uh, hold off doing the recommendation until Ken comes back. She's like, okay. So then Peggy goes, not Peggy. Then Joan goes to a college. She goes to a, a business school and a college and asks this guy for you know, ask this guy the right questions. The guy kind of downplays really. He's a professor and he's like, well, do you know the difference between this and this? Maybe you probably, you don't understand between, uh, he had a question about fees versus commission. Well, first here's the thing. She somehow, for some reason, somehow she is, she doesn't have an MBA. She doesn't have a business degree, but she's going to this guy as a consultant. I'm assuming he's a consultant or, you know, or I don't know how, she got in with this guy because he's like professor something. He's old Mrs. Harris. And this might be the first time, but she goes, she went and presented, told him about the idea for the Bartlett stuff. And she's like, what would you, what, what should I say to that? And he goes, well, you know, I, I hope that some information I give to you, you'd have something to trade for me. And you could, just, you could almost see the sense of panic on Joan's face. Um, where she thinks, he's looking for sex because she's had, she's gone down that road before. He's like, she goes, well, it's a business school. I assume money would be what we'd give you. So she, he goes, no, no, no. And I think he almost understood. He goes, no, no, I have, I have some questions. So I have some questions that I'd love to ask real business people about for my classes. And she's like, Oh, of course. And it was, he goes, well, I'm going to explain this one to you, but you might not understand, you know, that, um, there's, you know, what's the difference between uh, a fee-based system and a commission-based system? She goes, oh, I understand that. You're going to need more than one. You're going to need another piece of paper. So she helped him and he helped her. And he, so um, this guy ended up calling, uh, oh no, I forget how exactly it happened, but the meeting was going to be moved up or Ken was late because his flight wasn't coming in. So, um, but Mr. The guy was calling Ken already to call. He was calling Ken. Okay. She went up and found out that Bartlett's was calling. Going to be meeting with Ken. So she goes into Ken's office and takes the call from that guy and schools him, schools him and basically says, you know, now what's going to happen the, this, when, um, when you're not competing for all this space, you're not competing against other shoe companies you're competing against us and we have 30 we have we have years and years of business with these people with these with our partners that they're going to choose us so and and if it doesn't work if you know with us you fire you can only fire us once in other words when it doesn't work and it, your your ass is on the line you're the one who gets fired he's like so what do you want me to do she's like well you need to do um you need to cancel this meeting with ken and he goes no no I'm asking you, what do I do? And she goes, okay, you, you say that we cancel the meeting to, to re-strategize things. 
and um, he's like, okay, you know, thanks or whatever. And he hangs up on her. Um, but it seems like Joan called this guy's bluff, made him rethink what he was doing, and then he actually needed her help. Now, towards the end of uh, the episode, Ken comes in and um, he says, you know, what's going on with Bartlett? She goes, you know, I, I, I got to stay of ex- execution, but I really don't think, I think it might be a lost cause. He's like, you never know. These things happen. He goes, you did a good job. He goes, um, he goes, you know how many, oh, no, you know what he said? He goes, you know how many people have come into my office and said they, that? He goes, but they're the only ones who've left this. And there's an earring that she took off to make the phone call. And he goes, stay out of my office and throws the earring for her to catch. But because he has bad depth perception because of the eye patch, he throws it all the way to the left. And he just, he gets frustrated. He leaves. He knocks into the door and leaves. And, but Joan just has the smile on her face. Like she knows she did good. Um, and so she, I, and she probably was laughing a little about the, the earring. Um, and I think that's the end of Joan's story. Uh, it's funny. I feel like I've been talking a while and I have not even touched on, uh, our main, our main man, Mr. Dickie Whitman himself. I guess you could say Richard Whitman, also known as Donald Draper. Don Draper is off in California. He he's he's looks like he was getting ready and it looked like he was at an airport either in an airplane or an airport bathroom getting all ready and comes off into sunny California and what who does he see but his wife Megan picking her picking him up in a cool fancy convertible. Uh, and he's ready to drive, but she's like, I can't even move the seat up. So she drives little kissy, kissy, smoochy, smoochy. And they go off into the city. We see, um, what do we see? We go all over the place. So she has, a. they go to meet a client, not a client, her agent, I'm guessing. And he's going to get her some TV shows and she's all excited. And the client, the agent's like, Donald, he goes, you have the look, the face of a matinee idol. The husband looks like a matinee idol. You're my favorite couple. And he's very flamboyant. And the guy's like, I just want you to know that everything's professional between us. The man, your wife's been spending so much time with. And Don Trapper goes, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm not worried about that. You can see that Don's like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think you're into Megan. Like, you know, without saying it. Um, but it was, it was pretty funny. Um, and the guy has Megan some, um, uh, he, he has like a good, good, um, good news for her that may, I don't know if it's a callback or something, but maybe she has a job at some show on NBC and, um, but he's like, you know, and we don't have to worry about getting your teeth fixed right now. And I always wonder how that works with like, you know, the actress where, you know, you see Megan, her teeth are like, they have little spaces in them. Right. Um, uh, and they're not like crazy or anything, but they just have, they're just a little spaced out and that's like real. That's the actress, right? I assume, I mean, that's real. And do you have to be like, look, we're going to comment about your, your actual real teeth here in this episode. Are you okay with this? You know what I mean? Like, like it just like, I mean, I'm always interested in how that works. Like, do they have to approach them and go look, uh, or does she read the teeth? And she's like, what the F they're talking about my teeth. I just thought it was curious, very very interesting, little curious, little aside. Uh, But Don's out there with Megan and they go back and see Megan's. Oh, they had too much to drink. So when they get back to uh, the apartment, they start kissy kissy. But Megan is almost going to fall down. But she's got this really nice house on the hills 
Where exactly? I don't know. But it's far away from everyone to the point where you can hear wolves and coyotes or something crying in the night. And this is the, that's where people live. That's how people are. And so Don puts her to bed, stays up um, watching TV. And uh, then Megan's like, oh, you know, good morning. You got to get to work. And she goes off to work or to some audition or to class or something. And Don goes off to see Pete. He goes. He sees the uh, the West Coast office. He meets a young blonde real estate art real estate uh, agent who's working with with Peter. Uh, and my first thought was, "Oh, Don's going to sex this real estate uh, agent." And, but I don't know. Maybe Pete is sexing her, or maybe Pete has already sexed her. Um, but Pete. So they go to meet. Don's like, "I got to go to work," and I'm still like, "What is work? What is work?" Because they let they let you they didn't let you go, but they kind of sent you away. So what are you doing? Um, so Pete and Don meet at a so at a uh, deli. Pete walks in, and it is like, who is this guy? His hair his hair's moved back a little more, but he looks like he just came off the golf course. He's got the friggin' Uh, he's got the, the, the alligator shirt on, I think. Is that Izod? He's got the sweater tied around his like head like the like the yuppie looking thing. Um and I think Don call him Don call him a yuppie or hippie. Uh I think he still called him a hippie. And he's got these plaid pants on and he comes in and he's Don and Don gives him a handshake, he gives Don a hug and they're like they sit down and they um they talk a little bit about like uh, they order food and um, they uh, they just talk a little bit, and Don, Pete talks about how much he loves it out there, and he says like, "Oh, he goes, you know, it's there's no culture, uh, the bagels stink, um, everything's flat." Oh, because he goes, "Do you have a room with a view?" Oh no, Megan has a view. I forget what it was. The office, something about a view, and Pete's like, "Everything's flat, and the, the air is brown," and. He goes, but I love the, the, the way it moves, the, the ground shakes or something. He's like, geez, you're talking like a hippie. I feel like I'm getting rapidly tired um, as I speak. Like I'm almost starting to like fall asleep, but I don't, I'm not going, I'm not leaving. I'm not done. Um, they do go over to the office to check it out. And Pete kind of gives him a little tour. That's where he meets the real estate person who's trying to get Pete into something more permanent because Pete has an apartment. Uh, and he's like, um, I think she tries to get, I don't know if she's trying to get work with Don or if she's just trying to be flirty, but even Pete's like, Oh, Don, Don, she's like that with everybody. Um, but he also says, I noticed you came out here to see, uh, I noticed, you know, that you're out here the exact same time that Ted is over there. Um, but again, Oh, and Pete's like, I, you know, I'm really sorry if, if I was, uh, have you done anything? Have you heard anything? No. He goes, I'm really sorry. If, if I was still there, I would, you know, I'd, I'd fight for you to be back right now. I'd want you to be back. Um, and that's, I think that's it with Pete. Um, later, uh, Megan is back with Don. Oh, and they get a phone call. Oh, no. There's a, there's a ringing of the doorbell. And there's a delivery. And what is it? But a bigger TV. Don ordered a big TV. And Megan was, I don't know if she was not happy about it because she didn't ask. Um, but 
he's like, you're going to see yourself in color TV. I want you to see you big. And she's like, don't jinx it. Um, and the, uh, but you could see she didn't really love the idea of having this big TV there. She didn't care as much, but they do, uh, fall asleep watching TV. And then they go back into the bedroom and he's like, we never celebrated. And she's like, Oh, you want to? And so they're about to, to, to do the, the sex and, you could just see that Megan was like, I'm almost, I'm nervous. He's like, why? You don't have to be that way. Um, and then they do it. But it's almost like she, she's she been so apart from him that she's nervous about almost like it's the first time again. Uh, you could just see there is a disconnect there. Yes, they were kissy and lovey-dovey. But at the same time, there's something just missing in their relationship. Um we see Don. Uh, he's like, you know, I, oh, they wake up. They're in bed. And he's like, we have all day together, but I have the red eye at night. I don't think we see anything else with him and Megan. Later, we see him get on the plane. He gets on the plane and he has got a nice plush window uh, door seat. There's only two seats. It's not like the normal coach where there's three all lined up. And who sits next to him but Nev Campbell. Now, the fact that it's Nev Campbell makes me think, are we going to see her in future episodes? She's an established actress. I don't know. Um, but then I thought, uh-oh, it's Nev Campbell, uh, a pretty established actress. Don Draper is going to sex her. But it didn't happen. Now, maybe it didn't happen yet, but it actually didn't happen. And this woman as it seems like women want to do on this show, this woman did throw herself at Don eventually, right? That is what happened. So they're on the plane, a little small talk. Don's like, I'm used to seeing, you know, businessmen with bad hair pieces and, and eating bananas. This is a nice upgrade. And she makes a comment about Madison Avenue. And um, then she's like, do you want a sleeping pill? And he's like, nope. He, he says, you know what? Neither do I. And, but they do fall asleep. Um, but before they're falling asleep, they're, t- they're, maybe it's not before they're falling asleep. I don't remember, but they start talking about, um, oh, she's like, um, something about a loan. He goes, what about the ring on your, that ring on your finger? Oh, he, my husband died. I was out, she was out there spreading his ashes. She wanted to spread them, um, someplace. I forget where, I can't believe I forget where, but they wouldn't let her. Uh, so she ended up spreading them at Disneyland. There was someplace better than Disneyland. Something about California. Where would you want to spread them? I forget. I can't believe. I don't remember. But she ended up spreading them on Tom Sawyer's Island in um, in Disneyland. Instead of the original place she wanted me to spread them. Because it was like so many people wanted to spread them there. They wouldn't let her. I cannot believe I don't remember. Like, I feel like I should sit here and, and for the rest of the night and try to remember the first place she wanted to spread the ashes. She brought the her husband's ashes and he wanted them to be spread. Um, and they either wouldn't let her or it couldn't happen. It was just, it was like, you know, I couldn't make it happen because apparently a lot of people want to do that and they didn't want any more dirt. 
or didn't want any. I forget what it was. I can't believe I don't remember. I mean, I'm telling you, folks, I just watched this episode and I forget. Um, but she did spread it at Disney World and she's like, have you ever been? He goes, yes, I have. Didn't he go with his kids? And that's where he brought Megan out to California, too. Right. Isn't that the whole Disneyland thing? Um, man, it is bothering me. Bothering me immensely that I can't. I don't know the first place this woman who we never met before and may never see again wanted to spread her husband's ashes. He, how did he die? Uh, he, he was thirsty. He was always thirsty. And he could never quench his thirst. In other words, he was a drunk. He was an alcoholic and it caught up with him. And, you know, then they finally said he's going to die within a year. And, like, you could see Don looks, Don's look on his face like, ooh. He was only 50. Don's like, ooh, no. Because it's kind of like what, you know, Don drinking and Don smoking and Don not taking care of himself. Um, and, but they, they, it was like intimate talking. And, um, you know, Don even held her face and they got really snuggly. And, uh, and then they fell asleep and she ended up with her, his head, her head on his shoulder. And, She's like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And he goes, oh, we still have a few minutes. Um, you can do that again if you want to. She goes, you know, I'm not. Um, she goes, I don't think your wife would like that because he has the wedding ring on. And he said, oh, you know, and she knows I'm not a good husband. He goes, oh, she does. Is that why you're here? Or has she done anything about it? She goes, no, she. Um, she doesn't know she knows, but she knows. She doesn't know everything, but she knows something. Um, and, you know, she's like, well, this may be, a, you know, this may sound crazy. I have a car. I could um, take you. I have a car waiting for me. I could give you a ride someplace. I know this might make you feel better. I can give you a ride. And I think she really meant I could, uh, you know, take you home with me. And he's like, I really can't. I have to get to work. And that just kind of changed things. She put her head up. She was like, okay, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And he opened the window. And that was the end of Nev Campbell. Now, I don't know if she just came in because it's the final season. They got some, some established actors. Uh, if that was a one-shot thing, just to kind of show that, hey, maybe Don does care. Maybe Don is changing. Maybe Don doesn't want to just, just bang the, every woman that throws himself at her, at him. Uh, but again, he did have eyes for that real estate person. But why? I still look. I'm talking. I'm saying everything. I remember things. But in the back of my mind, I am so annoyed that I can't remember. This guy wanted to take his ashes and like have them spread someplace, but they didn't let him. So then she went and spread them. In Disneyland, Tom Sawyer's Island. I'm annoyed. It has nothing to do with this show, with the episode, but it's annoying me. Um, so, what does Don do when he goes to work? He goes back to his apartment. What? What are you talking about? Knock on the door. Who comes in? Freddie Rumson. What is going on here? What is Freddie doing with Don? And then it dawned on me. Freddie isn't doing the freelance ideas. He's just the delivery man. 
And then, and then he says to Don, your door is wide open here. Why don't you, you want to close it? It's freezing out. He, his sliding glass door won't close. Uh, and he doesn't, he tries to close. He doesn't close it. Um, Freddie went and got some lunch and said they loved your Akatron idea. Um, I don't know. Piggy tried to, tried to lift a leg to it or something like that. Like, I don't know if she tried to piss on it. That's what she meant. Uh, but they, she, Peggy was in love with your Accutron idea. Oh, and I have a meeting with this and that. So um, he goes, you, you, um, I, you make me look good. He said, like, so Freddie is out there freelancing with these great ideas that are coming from Don Draper. And he goes, why don't you just, um, you know, enough with the Cyrano act, get in there, say who you are and get us both a job. And Don's like, I, I still have a job. He's like, yeah, but. You know, that's been two months. Have they even called you? She goes, no, but they're still paying me. And um, he's, so Freddie is just, Freddie's happy that he's getting this work. Don's paying him to do this consulting work. So Don is freelance consulting uh, on the backside of things, on the down low. Uh, Freddie's being his his face, his earpiece, his, his, his mouthpiece. Uh, and really, that means Don can go anywhere. Doesn't it just have to be Sterling Cooper and partners? He go. That's why Freddie's going to these other firms too, and Don's just making bank while he's also getting paid. He's double dipping, and I love it because Don is still a man of ideas. He has these ideas, and he's really good at them. Um, and Freddie Rumson really isn't as good at these things. That's why Peggy right away was like she couldn't believe that Freddie. That's why Peggy knows her, her stuff. Because she couldn't believe that Freddie came up with such a great idea. You know why she couldn't believe it? Because she's right. He couldn't. It was Don Draper's idea. Uh, later on in the episode, Don is sitting. I think this is when he was sit- listening to the, the President Nixon speech. I think. Um, but he sees that his sliding glass door is still not closed. And he goes to close it. He goes to close it. He's got alcohol sitting, you know, he's looking at a bottle of wine. Like, do I even, should I even drink this? I think it was unopened. I don't know if he was going to drink it. I don't know what. But he he did drink on the plane, so that doesn't make any sense. But he uh, ins- he gets up, tries to close the sliding glass door, opens it instead of closing it, just goes and sits outside in the freezing cold, in his in his pajamas and a bathrobe, uh, and that's how the episode ends. Now I think it's kind of his way of either I'm trying to think is he trying to clean himself? Is he trying to did that did that? woman on the plane was she just a wake-up call was she just like did she scare him enough um is that where the beginning of this renaissance is this the beginning of the end of don draper like why is he out there is he out there just because he misses megan is he out there because he's screwing everything up he says to this woman on the plane i thought i could i thought i could do it this time i I thought i could make it work he says did i damage the vessel like what does that mean did i damage the vessel like the vessel of Don of the Don Draper persona, did he did he actually ruin it? He's he's in one marriage that was broken. He eventually has been asked to leave his work, and he's in another marriage that he feels is crumbling and slipping away. I mean, they don't even live in the same part of the country. Is that what he meant by the damaged vessel? His own being, like not like you know, your vessel is your body, right? But is this like like the the persona of Don Draper that he's built for himself? Is that what he means? I don't know. I think that was... I, I, I love talking about this stuff. Uh, and, you know, I think that covers this episode. Time zones. Time zones. 
I can't think. Oh my God. Well, time zones, time, the watch, Accutron. Oh, 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 there's something. And then, of course, West Coast, East Coast. And it's not just, um, it's not just Don and Megan. It's Ted going back and forth. It's, it's uh, Ken having to deal with, with, uh, with Bob in one time zone, with Pete in another time zone, and he's off on the East Coast going crazy, needing help. <sighs> um, I think that covers the the kind of the, the the title, and I think that covers this episode. This, I can't believe we're at season seven. And I've stuck with this podcast. That's what I'm, I'm. I'm pretty proud of this podcast because, you know, there's not, there's, there's, you're not getting a lot of research. You're just getting the thoughts of someone who just watched a TV show. And I do it for me. I do it because I like to get these thoughts out and think about it. It helps me expand my thoughts of the show. And if you find any entertainment in that, then I, I, am just eternally grateful. Uh. So much so that I want to thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I started doing this, but um, I want to, you know, listen, you can find me on Twitter at Geek Mentality. That's where you should follow me. But the show is on Twitter at MadeManPod. The website is fansnotexperts.com. And this is it. The final season. I can't believe it. Now, I have some thoughts about how I'm going to end the show because there's going to be a series finale and the series finale of, of Mad Men is not the series finale of Made Man. I'll just leave it at that for now. Uh, but until, until we, uh, we, we, we meet again next week, I just want to thank you. Thank you for traveling along on this cosmic journey of internet um, shows and thank you for um, staying with me all these years as I continue this final push, this final journey on my quest to become a made man. The final season, final season.